does your soul generate and or react to music? This is Rabbi Yitzchak Price with another episode of Tachlis Talks, growth-oriented, pressure-related Torah podcast. We are up to the Torah portion of B'Shalach, and the Shabbos on which we read B'Shalach is often referred to as Shabbos Shira, or Shabbat Shira, or the Sabbath of Song, because a central part of this parsha is the song at the sea, Az Yashir Moshe of Bnei Yisrael, the song that's incorporated into daily prayers, the song that reflects our joy at our salvation, our relationship with God, our dedication to God. And the Shabbos is known as the song of song related to that very special song. But song itself is rather intriguing. And we actually have elements of that intrigue related to the two songs in this week's Parsha, a theme that I believe we once did touch upon in an earlier Tachlis talk, but to recapture for the moment, we have a very lengthy song sung by Moshe and the men of Israel, and then a very, very brief song, it's actually less than one verse, sung by Miriam and the women. And in contrasting those two, at least one theme in the commentaries is that perhaps it has nothing to do with who are the greater composers of song, but rather the purpose and the mission and the effect of song. Does song generate emotion or does emotion generate song? And absolutely correct, the answer is both. Song can be used as a tool to generate emotion. Down and I need a pickup, I need a boost, or potentially the opposite, to calm somebody who's agitated help lull the child to sleep, but the song can impact our emotional state and song can reflect an emotional state. It can, the soul body can burst forth with song and describe the inner feelings in song. The women who are described as having tupim with them, some type of either timbrel or tambourine or drum, they left Egypt prepared to sing. They left Egypt eager to sing, but it wasn't yet the right time. They needed no coaxing and coaching to be able to express because they already had the emotional state, the emotional fervor, the passion to express in song, hence a very short song. Some understand that song of the men was a more complicated song to get the men to the same state that the women we're already at. One understanding over there, and regardless of whether that is the main contrast between the men and the women's song, the concept is certainly true. The song is sometimes that which builds our emotion, generates the attitude, and sometimes song is a reflection of that. Our song as a people, Jewish song, I was inspired to the reflection upon this when years back, I had arranged a guest speaker here in Cincinnati by the name of Walid Shubat. Walid Shubat grew up as a Palestinian in Yericho, in Jericho, who grew up since he was in kindergarten, recalls hearing songs about just how evil we are and how uh, the comparison between the Jew and the dog, and who grew up expecting that in 67, when uh, that territory was being conquered, by the IDF, that they would be massacred because that's what Jews do when they conquer territory, and that's why they fled from there. 
eventually participated in a failed terrorist plot and um, was in Israeli prison, eventually released from Israeli prison, comes to America. And between those two points in time, and when I had him here as a guest speaker, he radically transformed his views and became a major advocate for the Israeli side of the story to make the world recognize that his family and friends back home were being indoctrinated with anti-Israel, anti-Jewish propaganda. And he actually speaks on behalf of Israel. But one of the key elements in his transition related to song. He had been challenged by somebody after he arrives here in America as to just how do you know that the Jews are so evil? And one of the elements that he was going to prove to this other young woman at the time was he was going to show her the manipulation, how Israel gets its soldiers to be so bloodthirsty, so war-hungry through war music. He was very focused on music in general and how cultures use music to develop different attitudes, again, reflecting attitudes and developing attitudes. And he was going to show her the Jewish war music. And he started doing searches for Jewish war music. This was before Google. Yes, for our younger Tachos Talks listeners, there was actually a part of world history before Google. And this goes back all the way there. And you had to do searches in university libraries and get hold of different manuals and texts and recordings and was having a very hard time finding Jewish war music. But then he hit pay dirt. He knew enough Hebrew to know that the word for war in Hebrew is milchama. Milchama or milchama is war. And he found the song with the word milchama. He found the Jewish war music, the song Nation shall no longer bear sword against nation, and they shall no longer learn the ways of war. The song which reflects our prayer for a state of existence sans war, that's the only song he could find with the word war. It was stunning to him. And he recognized there isn't any Jewish war music. There's only anti-war music. And that led him to start rethinking just how do I know what I know? And what in fact is the nature of the Jew? What is in fact the nature of the Israeli who I interfaced with? And he did start recalling positive encounters and how the Israeli soldier, the Chayal, had offered him a piece of chewing gum on a bus and It seems so strange. This evil, terrible person is trying to give me gum. And that led him, step one, two, three, four, five, many steps down the road to challenge his earlier brainwashing, basically. And he did a turnaround. But this reflection on the fact that cultures that are war-focused have war music. We don't. We have anti-war music. We have music that focuses on peace. We have music that focuses on spiritual excellence and elation. Just at a quick search... There's a website, uh, jewishmusicstream.com. They stream Jewish music 24-6, not on Shabbos. And uh, jewishmusicstream.com, looking for some of the titles of some of the songs. And one by one, one, you go down the list. They're all songs that reflect relationship with God, spiritual uh, quest for spiritual heights. 
looking to be comfortable with each other as brethren and unified, song after song after song that reflects elements of eagerness for some type of positive spiritual growth, closeness between all of all, all, all of the world, and these are themes that permeate our music. Music, again, we can use those songs to express, we can use those songs to develop our emotion. There's a fascinating next level of understanding about music, and that is in the words of one of the great writers of Jewish song, Rabbi Shlomo Alkabetz, the famous Lachadodi prayer that is sung Friday night in shoals around the world, Shlomo Alkabetz writes about the relationship between music and our soul. And he writes that fascinatingly, we find that singing a baby to sleep, lullabies, common, common seems to be throughout, throughout the world, he writes that, that more sophisticated and spiritual perspective on this, it's not simply that it's soft music. Okay, well then have no music. That's even quieter than soft music. He understands it's because our soul, prior to being married to our body, our soul existed independent of the body in spheres of heaven. And in the heaven, we're exposed to the song of the angels. The angels, they're a reflection of God's the beauty of God's creation and the wonders of God's world is manifest in song, and the soul has been connected to that concept of song. So our neshama craves that, our soul craves that. Sleep is, in a sense, our having our neshama plug back into heaven, kind of doing a recharge where we're plugging the charger back in. So we're reconnecting back in heaven. He understands that's why song is soothing, particularly to allow us to kind of let the soul reconnect up there in heaven. I'm going to be less involved in the affairs of the, uh, the material world and adults as well, often lulled to sleep by music because it's allowing ourselves to be less focused on whether it's playing with my toys or working at my tasks or in industries in my various pursuits and allow myself to let the soul reconnect over there and recharge up there in heaven. And he describes a person can be so caught up in song as to be detached in a certain way from their physical existence. Song connecting the neshama back up there to Shemayim. The concept of song, again, key element in our parsha, but throughout, whether it's our, our liturgy, our temple, the Beis Hamikdash, the Levium would sing song, and it's understood some of the more sophisticated um, descriptions of what's happening over there. They would be able to use song to help inspire. If they saw somebody coming in that needed a certain elation or a certain humbling, they could shift the tone of their song to generate the right emotion, the right kavana, on the on behalf of that individual who's come in to better utilize the base mikdash. As we ponder song, we can hopefully aspire to use it better, to expose ourselves to the type of song that creates positive impact rather than animalistic drives, to expose ourselves to the type of song and type of understanding of song that can help us develop appreciation for these themes and these ideas. And then 
develop the capacity to express ourselves in song as well. And if we do so, if we can use song to better motivate and inspire and allow ourselves to use song to better reflect our newly elated selves, our spiritually developed selves, we'll be far more likely to be able to achieve our crescendoing tachlis.